0: Welcome everyone back for another episode of your favorite podcast, Devil's Army Cast. You got James, myself, and of course Chris. What Same is going on? Duo as always. Uh, episode eighteen today. little jersey number. I'll go with the uh, Mister Steve Bernier, part of that wonderful fourth line back in that twenty twelve cup run. Chris, what you got. For I thought Steve Bernier too
1: because of the recency, uh, but I also I, – I can't believe I forgot, but Mr. Sergey Breland.
0: Yes, sir. Number so 18. Two number 18s in Devil's History for you. You guys will be listening to this, I believe, on September 21st. So we'll jump right into it now. As always, start out with some current news, over to some conference finals recaps, then we're going to go to the Stanley Cup finals preview and predictions game one was yesterday so we'll be talking about it after the first game and then lastly we're going to just give you some guys we want to see devils possibly trade target from those eight caps trap teams we talked about last episode these past couple episodes have been pretty short i mean a lot just has to do with there hasn't been a ton going on in the nhl we're really gearing up for the draft and everything that's when the content and everything will be churning out but Mm -hmm. for now we're just trying to keep you all busy with this fun stuff and uh yeah so we'll get into it um current news there was a lot going on yeah jeff ward former devil's assistant coach was named the permanent head coach for the Calgary flames of course jeff ward was the interim after he took over from bill peters correct um Mm -hmm. yep he was 24, 15, and three after being named interim. So good for a former Devils assistant there. Peter LaVillette, a Devils candidate and finalist for their head coaching job was a head coach for Washington. I think he fits that team perfectly. He's like a veteran head coach. There's a lot of veterans on that team. So I yep. think that was a good hire for them. And worth noting he did get a lot of money in term there with the with the caps that he wasn't gonna get from New Jersey. Yep. So um Jonas Brodeen. A lot of wild news I noticed. So yep, next big news to is They're all gonna be uh wild. So Jonas Brodeen was extended by the wild. Seven years, six million uh annual salary. Six million's not bad at all. Jonas Brodeen's actually one of the best defensive defensemen. Um his underlying statistics are great, plays a ton of time there for Minnesota. They got a lot of great defensemen there. You could argue the term is a little ugly, seven years for a 27-year-old. But, I mean, he's a defensive defenseman. That will bring him to age 34. So, I mean, I think it's good in the end. I wish we had a defenseman or the Devils had defenseman, Mike Brodine, but that's just a little news there for you. It's just interesting
1: that. how much of their cap is tied up in their defenseman between Suter, Spurgeon, Dumba, and now Brodine.
0: Yeah, um, I heard a lot of talk, though, uh, even the Athletic, uh, Pierre LeBron at the Athletic. There's a news on Twitter about Dumba possibly being moved. Mm -hmm. He's been in the news a lot about possibly being moved. I think he was tied to the Oilers and the Canucks were the two teams that were tied to him. So two more wild news for a little wild army cast for you um, <laughs> Koivu will not return to the Minnesota wild. He's been their captain for years. Now He's all, he's 37 years old, whole 15 year career in Minnesota. One of the most underrated defensive forwards we've seen in the NHL. He's just really good at what he does. Um, at this point in his career is probably like a third, fourth line defensive center. But I mean, We'll see if he retires, or he moves on, chases a cup with a different team. And then the last wild news, um, pretty big trade here. We had a one-for-one one deal. Eric Saul and Marcus Johansson. I mean, what the heck were the wild thinking here?
1: Yeah, I i don't know. Can't explain
0: it. <laughs> Just a brutal move. I mean, n- nothing against Marcus Johansson. Uh, when healthy, he's like a borderline top six forward, more of a third-line guy. When healthy. Of course, he was playing a lot of minutes in Buffalo just because Buffalo's not all that strong um, up in their forward group. Eric Stahl's still a very, very, very good hockey player. His numbers show like a first-line, second-line centerman still. he's Buffalo doesn't usually make great trades like this. Good for them, I guess. But, um, yeah, so (laughs) Buffalo made themselves a nice little trade. Minnesota, don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's an increase in
0: the cap, too. Because are going to pay more that's, than Stahl was. That's the, that's the biggest part. I thought maybe this was like a cap-related type move. But I mean, Eric mm. Stahl, it's not much, but Eric Stahl is making less than Marcus Johansson. The funniest <laughs> thing I saw about this trade is Stahl had a no-trade clause uh, in his contract. He had a 10-team no-trade list. He loaded that list up with playoff contenders because as a 34-year-old, he thought, oh, the only people that will try to trade for me is guys going for a playoff and I don't want to move from Minnesota. Um, LeBron even wrote in his article in The Athletic that the reason why Stahl signed for so cheap of a salary is because he really wanted to be in Minnesota. He liked having his kids live in Minnesota with him. So he wanted to stay there. He lined his – uh 10 team no trade clause or list with a whole bunch of playoff contenders because i mean i feel like that'd be the only team he, teams he'd be traded to buffalo mm-hmm. pulls this and goes for him and even in dragger's article some people were wondering if stall is just going to retire now because he doesn't want to <laughs> play for buffalo but i mean it looks like he's going to report and play but nonetheless good trade for buffalo
1: yeah i mean uh definitely <laughs> caught us all by surprise and hey Buffalo winning a trade. Buffalo with some good news for, gosh, it's uh, it's been how long since there's been some good news? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: yeah, Buffalo. <laughs> well, that's that trade there. That's all the wild news for you. So come come for next week when we probably got more wild news for you if you're into that stuff. But um, <laughs> Montreal Canadiens, also a team that's been in the news a lot, officially signed Joel Edmonton's to a four-year, three-and-a-half million deal. This is another deal that got me shaking my head a little bit. I mean, 3500000 million isn't, when you look at it at first, isn't too bad. But, I mean, Edmondson really is not a good defenseman. He had a really good playoffs, but in the regular season, past few years, he just hasn't been all that great. And four years for a guy this, this skill level, I don't think it's all that pretty. Um, that's just my take on it. I know Chris, you said it was someone you could see the Devils pursuing and I agreed with you. He would fill that uh, bottom-pairing role okay. He wouldn't be my first preference, but yeah, he's mm-hmm. officially off the market. The Devils loaned another player overseas. Jani Krokonen is going to the Liga to get some preseason work in, which is good to see. You always want to see yep. these young kids playing as much as possible uh kyle Palmieri and the devils kyle palmer's agent and the devils have actually had some preliminary talks around a contract extension but nothing really came to fruition it was more of a formality just to see where each side's at and also kind of like gauge with everything that's going on with this covid landscape and all the all all of that's going on there so nothing really came to fruition there it was just kind of like a formality like i said um this was per lebron of the athletic the last current news we're going to talk about for you here is Alex Petrangelo looks like he's officially going to hit the open market. The Blues, and this is per who um, Chris? Who did you say? I believe Darren Dreger. Okay, and this is per Darren Dreger that the team informed him that he should start thinking about pursuing unrestricted free agency options. So, um, and it's not too surprising just how like. Ugly that St. Louis Blues cap situation is right now, but that's going to be pro- definitely the biggest free agency on the market. And Devils fans, don't get your hopes up. Alex Petrangelo will not be in the red and black. I could ninety nine point nine percent guarantee you this. <laughs> <It just wouldn't laughs> He's going to be, gonna be paid. Hard. Yeah, it wouldn't be. He's going to get paid a ton. So um yeah, that's all the news we have for you this week. We're going to jump into the conference finals recap. We got the Eastern Conference Finals where the Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the uh, New York Islanders four games to two. Tampa Bay, very dominant. And they didn't even have Braden Point for some of it. Um, the Isles mm-hmm. tried their whole style of they're going to concede chances, but they're going to make good saves and they're going to attack on their chances they get. And this usually involves them getting out chance on a nightly basis. But that's just the way that rigged, defensive structure is, which is fine when it works, but it did not work against Tampa. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, the lightning looked great in this series. Uh, so, and they just had more talent than the Islanders had. Um, Chris, I don't know if you want to speak anymore on this one. Yeah.
1: I mean, I saw this going uh six or seven games. Uh, definitely saw Tampa coming out. So um, the result is not a shock to me. Um, I, I think it's impressive that the Islanders were able to play this style uh, and make it go six games. Um, There's, there's really not much to say. We kind of described this series from the beginning that the Islanders are going to play their defensive style and against the other teams they've played, you know, it it was successful, but Tampa is probably the most deep team in the East um, that they've, you know, both deep and dynamic. So I think you and I both agree that, there was no way it was going to hold up um, to win four games. So I don't think we're surprised by the outcome. Um, It kind of just is what it is.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. I'll give you my opinion on it first. So do you think a – well, I don't think a system like the Islanders can win a Stanley Cup in today's NHL. I think with how much the NHL has changed and being speed, skill, get up and down the ice, tons of opportunities, limit on the other end the best you can, is really what's going to get you to cup nowadays. Um, I I know I say this, and you have Dallas sitting in the Stanley Cup, but I think Dallas even has more talent on paper than the Islanders do, and they're not that full, like, we're going to play defense and we're going to, yeah, we'll give up chances, but we're going to do what the Islanders do and just... um, and just take advantage of the limited opportunities that we have. I really don't think teams like the Islanders are going to be able to ever win a Stanley Cup playing that type of style of hockey.
1: I mean, I think it's definitely possible, but your game has to be perfect. Like you're talking, all the shots have to be from the outside, like low percentage scoring chances. Being able to take care of the front of the net, which the Islanders did a horrible job of uh, in certain points during the series. They just were not taking care of the front of the net. And uh, I know some people will will point out, you know, obviously our franchise kind of did that for a while. Um, yeah, but which is we kind of had a hall of fame goaltender and like three hall of fame defensemen. Uh, so we were very, very good at what we did. It wasn't like the Islanders, you know, which they, they had some great defensemen, but I mean, they didn't have a guy like Niedermeyer or Stevens or, uh, you know, Danico's not a hall of famer. Uh, I don't know if he'll eventually get in or not, but he's in the devil's, you know, hall of fame, I'm sure. but, I mean, it's 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 doable, but you have to play a perfect game, and your goaltending has to hold up as well.
0: Yeah, and you talk about the Devils. That's a great point. That's exactly how the Devils played back um, back then. But I'm talking about like in today's NHL. Today's NHL is mm-hmm. so much different than even like eight Years ago, yeah, um, today it's all about that skill and uh, I, skill and speed. I really don't think teams like the Islanders are ever going to be able to win a Stanley Cup playing that, like, type of style like the Islanders and how the Blue Jackets <laughs> play nowadays. Um, I guess you could argue the stars, but I, I really don't think their style is that complete, like, shut it down type of yeah. style. They I mean, do the key to the trap talent, is just slowing so. down
1: the opposing offensive year if you're not able to slow them down enough, it's not going to matter. You're still going to lose. You're going to get scored on. So,
0: Yeah. So leading us in, uh, Dallas pulled the, probably the biggest upset of the Stanley cup playoffs. I would say, Um, I, I don't know what, Vegas did the piss the hockey gods off but I mean once again um they were the better team it just came it they were the better team but it wasn't as like lopsided as their past series have been like against Vancouver and stuff where they were like largely the better team Dallas did a great job in this series and keeping it relatively close in terms of like scoring opportunities and all that fun stuff um but it came down this series, it came down to goaltending and I'll read you some stats now. So high danger save percentage, Dallas had a nine oh seven and Vegas had a eight nine five. So they had a big advantage there. Then 5v5 save percentage. Um, Dallas had a 9.56 and Vegas had a 9.34. So that that gap in those save percentages should show you the theme of this series is all about how Vegas's goaltending or uh, Dallas's goaltending was better than Vegas's. Hats off to Anton Kadobin. He was terrific. Um, we had two overtime winners for Dallas to end the series in the last three games. I believe uh, game five and games three were one goal overtime victories. And Dallas ended the series on a three straight dub streak, so good for Dallas. All about Dobby, baby. Yeah, he's been great. Um, so Dobby. Uh, I don't know if you have any more to add here before we move on to the uh, Cup matchup. Um,
1: Dallas just seems to, to play well when I pick against them. That that's a one common theme throughout this playoffs. Um, I'm I'm stunned. Again, I don't hate Dallas. Good for Dallas, good for their fans. They keep proving me wrong, at least. Um, and the legend of, you know, Hudobin
0: keeps going. <laughs> Yeah, indeed it does. So we're gonna move on. And by the way, Dallas won that in five. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but they did win that in five games. Um, Stanley Cup final preview. Of course, it was the Lightning versus Dallas, and Game One was Saturday night, and we're recording this on a Sunday. So Dallas was victorious in that game by the final score of four to one, I believe it was. Um, yeah, it was it yeah. was four to one. Uh, stars were <laughs> gotta give them credit. I mean. They, they played well. They played really well. It wasn't like Tampa blew the doors off them and just didn't get a result, as we've seen happen a lot in this playoffs. Um, I mean,
1: Tampa outshot them by a lot.
0: <laughs> they just couldn't get past you to open. Yeah, I think it was like
1: thirty-six to twenty was the shots for Tampa.
0: Yeah, I was. I'm talking more about like the actual like the quality opportunities. I know we mm-hmm. saw even like when you look at the Corsi numbers, Tampa Bay, like. With the shot attempts Tampa Bay held the advantage, but the expected goals were pretty close it was nothing too crazy so it's it wasn't like Tampa was like pure dominance in that mm-hmm. aspect, but I get what you're saying with the shots yeah. and even the shot attempts it looked a little ugly um and of course as you said like moments ago anton Kadobin the uh, the legacy continues into the Stanley Cup finals. Uh Tampa has their work out cut uh, work cut out from them. I mean it was only the first game, so they have a ton of times to get it back. And um I'll just go in a little of my preview here. Um we didn't give we weren't able to give it to you guys before game one, so um basically Braden points back, correct? He played game one. Yeah. Um, and you just look at the rosters and Tampa's just the more talented team. I mean there's there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Uh Hedman's been tremendous. If they win the Stanley Cup, he should be the Conn Smythe winner. Uh, he's been absolutely ridiculous in the playoffs. It's just going to come down to if they could crack Kadobin. Um I I think in the end, Kodobin's going to end up getting cracked a little bit just because we saw it with Carter Hart. We saw it with Jacob Markstrom, two goalies that were under attack for a large part of the playoffs, and they finally just deteriorated and cracked open and gave up goals. I originally predicted Tampa and five. I'ma stick with like Tampa and six or f- five or six. Maybe they reel off four in a row. Maybe they went at six, but I'm a stick with Tampa. I, I I I have to at this point. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Chris you could give your little preview and what you what you have. So
1: Uh, Dallas fans will rejoice because I am picking against them yet again. Uh, Um, I I think Tampa will win this and again, six or seven. I don't think it's going to be a short series. Um, I know we are a game into it now. Um, I think I saw an interesting tweet today. I think somebody talked to like a, a bonus. I think that's the head coach for Dallas right now. Um, he took over for Montgomery when everything with that went down earlier this year. and. Uh, he said that he's playing this series with the expectation that Stamkos will be back at some point. Um, I don't know if that's just a mentality thing or if there is something kind of that's kind of rumor swirling amongst the teams, but I found that to be pretty interesting. Um, I think Tampa is just really dynamic. We've, we've said this all playoffs. They are deep. Um, and Dallas just keeps pulling it off. Hudobin stepped in big. Uh, I really, I, I can't explain the run that Dallas is on. They are just, they are the hot team. And uh, goalies, man. I, I'm still gonna pick Tampa. I'm still gonna pick Tampa. Dallas fans are gonna be happy that I am. They don't want my vote of confidence at all because that would contradict what has happened this whole playoffs. So that's that's basically the insight I can give you. I mean, Vasilevsky. I would take him over Hudobin if you asked me, but Hudobin is just playing great this postseason. I don't know what to say.
0: Yeah, it's going to come down to if they're able to solve, get open. Um, I think that's that's what everyone's really agreeing that it's going to come down to. So we'll be interested to see how this series ends up going. And I just, I can't get over the fact with this no fans. I mean, people want to believe it's not different, but it is it's so much different, man. Mm-hmm. The whole well, hockey playoffs, it's all about seeing those fans and the the noise and all that fun stuff. It's just weird. <laughs> So. yeah
1: i mean it's it's definitely different um but i don't think it's really affecting play too much i mean you you do have do. The scenarios where like a crowd I, would obviously make a difference for yeah. home ice advantage yeah but in terms of the level of like competitiveness that's definitely still out there i mean these guys have played like peewee tournaments in front of nobody you know they, no, they, I, the, I, the, yeah. the competition level's still there but it, it, it is different i agree with you
0: I, I guess I could see that. I mean I'm more talking about how – if there was fans in the stands, I could 95 percent guarantee you that Dallas wouldn't be in the Stanley Cup finals right now. Um, I, Interesting. I, yeah. I, I, I think it's just – man, bubble – we saw it in the NBA too. Bubble play is just weird, man. I, I kind of agree with you in the sense that like the play itself isn't terrible. I mean – Besides the Islanders-Tampa series, but I think that's just the way the Islanders play. Man, some of those games yeah, they're those to slow it down. But I really do not think that Dallas would be in the Stanley Cup Finals if we weren't in a bubble of virus. We even see it in the NBA, too. The NBA is all kinds of wacky in the bubble, and the NHL is the same way, so I think it has a large effect. Um, game two is actually Monday night, so you guys will be listening to this um, before game two, which will be nice, Four Before game hopefully. dos so we're going to move to the last segment like I said quick episode for y'all we went through eight teams last week that are going to have complications with getting under the flat cap ceiling and that are also going to be possibly cutting costs so they may want to look for trades we're going to go through each of these eight teams there were the Anaheim Ducks Arizona Coyotes Carolina Hurricanes Chicago Black Oaks, St. Louis Blues Tampa Bay Lightning Toronto Maple Leafs and the Vegas Golden Knights and list a couple players we want to see possibly the Devils look into or a couple players we could see getting moved <laughs> Um, we'll start with Anaheim first. I only have two players off the Ducks, both defensemen, Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson. Lindholm would fit the Devils' top four defensive needs perfectly. He's a tremendous defenseman, um, relatively young. I think he's only like 26, 27 years old. Um, two more years under his contract for $5.2 million, so that's not all that big of a cap hit there. He, he would cost a ton to get because he is like a high-level quality top four defenseman. But um, yeah. So I got Lindholm and I got Josh Manson, tough right-handed defenseman. He would be solid for that maybe bottom six role. You could throw him on the top pairing. You could play a lockdown minutes for you, penalty killer. That guy you could throw in the end of the game to close games out for you. Tough brand of hockey that the Devils have been missing dearly. He's on a four and a half or four point one million dollar contract for the next two years as well. So there's term too. Um, Chris, I don't know if you had anyone specific from the Ducks.
1: No, I agree with your defenseman, Hampus Lindenholm and Josh Manson. I mean, obviously, that's the main area that the Devils are going to look to try and improve, whether that's through free agency or uh, through trade. Um, if we want to entertain the what's not going to happen, <laughs> um, obviously, Devils fans would love to hear Uncle Rico coming back. Um, but I don't see I that think, happening. There's, there's no need that- for
0: it. Yeah, I think everyone kind of has to let that go. That was yeah, how many years ago, <laughs> ago now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and but, another uh, one for me, like, I, I doubt I see Anaheim do this. I have no idea why they would. They're rebuilding. He's a part of their structure. But I've been a Troy Terry fan since I saw him playing basically for the U.S. in, the, in junior. So, I mean, if, if Fitz could somehow snake Terry away, that would be phenomenal. But
0: I don't see that happening either. So,
1: I agree. Lindholm and Manson are probably your, your biggest targets. But you mentioned,
0: I don't think Lindholm would be all that expensive. I know he's been tried, they've tried to move him in the past, and this Mm -hmm. would be doing the Ducks a big favor with the cap. But Lindholm would cost a pretty hefty package. But um, yeah, yeah, those are two guys. The Yotes are in all kinds of trouble. Um, You really look at their roster, and there's not much going there either. Um, Really, only one name kind of caught my eye Vinny Hinnestroza, the former Blackhawk. Uh, he scored 30 points uh, playing only like 13 minutes a night. He'd be a really solid bottom death right winger. Exactly what the Devils need. He's only tw- 26 years old. You would have to work a contract out with him. But I think if Arizona moves a guy, a younger guy, um, it would be an Astro solid player. I wouldn't mind the Devils taking a flyer on him at all. He would, automatically make their bottom six a lot better but outside that i mean maybe you could see the devils take on the phil kessel contract making the the yotes retain half of it or Mm -hmm. however much and help them out there but even that i have no idea so the yotes are a little bit of a mess (laughs) so yeah i mean you're
1: looking at a team that is mid rebuild and it's not unplausible to ask should this team be stripped down again i mean it's just uh, it's it the the situation that they're in they have a very poor draft pick situation i mean they don't have their first three round picks for this upcoming draft they don't have their first or their third for next year i mean kemper's got two years left there's rumors he's on the trade block with calgary potentially being yeah. interested i saw but, that yeah, somewhere that's a hot name there yeah auntie ranta is again somebody you could move um they have marion host's contract on ir um they've got a lot of money tied up into some guys that they could easily move on from and Mm -hmm. i i think it's i think it's interesting they're at a crossroads um to be honest there wasn't really anyone too much that stood out to me on this list that you would trade for um
0: maybe maybe one of their defensemen um i was looking there's not uh, much there ekman larson's a guy um that's been in all kinds of trade talks edmonton i've seen the most he's probably going to get moved but i mean he's not all that great anymore unfortunately i don't know what happened we've talked about him a couple times on this podcast um he's getting paid an absolute ton i think it's around like eight million or something like that oh yeah, he's he's just just not yeah he's not that type of uh
1: and you, you got, got and that Keller
0: making 7.15 as well. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I mean, how the heck are they going to bring back Taylor Hall if they want to do that? Have fun with yeah. doing that. Yachts are a mess. But what else is no. <laughs> so, uh, moving on now, Hurricanes. Chris, go ahead. You have any players for the Hurricanes before I get mine?
1: Anyone
0: else Possibly pursue. He talked about one a ton.
1: Yeah, I know. I know we mentioned uh, one a ton. Uh, uh, I'm trying to make sure I, I get this correct here um i mean charman Reem's like is going to be a free agent so you wouldn't yes. trade for him i mean yeah there's no rights that you could really trade for i wouldn't think um i mean in terms of their defensemen they're they're loaded there um yeah i'm not i'm not too sure who i would pick because i'm trying to think who would carolina be willing to move because they're not like arizona where like you know they're stuck in a cap problem and who knows what's going to happen? I think Carolina's set up to be good for a while. Um, I think they've, they've done a tremendous job with that. Um, and in terms of the devil's needs, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at defensemen, and I don't see any that they would be willing to really move. Um, they're all, you know,
0: heard,
1: <clears> they're getting like paid reasonably. It's, it's, it's hard to pick yeah. someone, to be
0: honest. I feel like the Hurricanes are always talking about trading one of their defensemen just because they have so many good ones. Um, Name that we've talked about a lot on here is Dougie Hamilton. He's a he's a hell of a defenseman, but he would be almost like a rental for any team that trades for him. He's got one year left. Yeah, one year, five point seven five mil. So that's something the Devils have to be careful of. I don't see them pursuing a guy with only one year left on his contract. Uh, I have Jake Gardner down here. He was a heck of a signing for Carolina at the time. Yeah, he got absolutely ran out of town in Toronto, and it was very unfair. He he did a hell of a job in Toronto. Toronto media is just brutal. Um, he's he's a good defenseman. Yeah. He's the one that I definitely want to see the Devils possibly uh, pursue. He's got three years left at four mil, so that contract's not bad. And you got Brett Pesky and Jacob in there as well. Yeah. Like you said, I don't know if they'd be willing to move guys like that, but I feel like Carolina is always talking about moving one of their defensemen just because they have so many. So, I mean, I know uh, for
1: me with Gardner last off season when he was a free agent my concern was never about his performance in Toronto I mean we knew he was a good defenseman it was more so that he was having back issues and that can be a very very lingering thing um when it comes to different types of injuries a back injury is it can just stay with you forever um but he he performed well this year um I wouldn't be opposed to to bringing in Jake Gardner, but again, you just got to keep an eye on that back situation.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I know you, he's had some issues there, but he's played the past four seasons. He's played uh, 82 games, 82 games, and then he had 62 in Toronto the last year, and then he played in all that Carolina Hurricanes games this year. He played 68, yeah. so maybe a missed yeah. one. So. Um, it's, it's, he's going to be a guy that you're going to be able to get and not trade a lot, too. He was a minus 24 this year, but that just comes back again. You can't let that whole plus-minus stuff inf- influence your opinion. And he's take always been known more dive offensively. Dive. Yeah, I mean, even his defensive underlines are pretty good. So he's a guy I definitely want the Devils to look into more. Um, Moving to the Hawks now. Um, I got two players here, both defensemen. Olimata, he's he's okay. He would be an okay um, bottom pairing borderline top four guy he's making four mil per year which is a little high this would be more of a uh, kind of like a salary dump for the chicago <laughs> mm-hmm. so it would probably would be worth like next to nothing to pull him away and he, like i said he's not bad at all it's not like he's he's Could a, be a lot real possibility there. so only is a guy and then also Connor murphy who's a very underrated right-handed defensive and he'd fit that role perfect for the devils um it, just perfect. He's only making 3.85 mil for the next two years. Bottom pairing would be awesome for the Devils. So those two guys that I have circled for the Blackhawks. I don't know if you have anyone else Anyone else you want to add. I
1: mean, I agree with only Mata. And the other thing I think about with Chicago is that uh, it, it came out recently that the talks between Crawford and Chicago have not really gone well. It's more than likely Crawford will end up being a UFA uh than re-signing if that's the case i mean does that put chicago in a situation where they try and move some money around if they're going to go for a guy like mark strom or lenner on the open market you know um that yeah. can make you know trading for a guy like o- olimata less expensive in terms of what you're giving up because they need to move cap you know to address wow. that situation
0: better believe they're drafting yaroslav Vascarov. i'd could almost I, yeah pick in. I think that's a perfect spot for him if he doesn't mm-hmm. go off the board before they come up. But he's going to need a few years. Goalies are always like that. But yep. yeah. actually, I don't know how long he's going to be. He's tearing off in the KHL. A kid's 18 years old. I think he just turned 18. He's absolutely a monster. So, um, Blues are next. We've both talked about for lengthy periods of time. Vince Dung, restricted free agent. He's about It'll to get be paid. <laughs> yeah, he is. So with the news about Petrangelo, I find it very yeah. unlikely he'll be moved. So that was a nice little pipe dream there me and Chris had for the Devils yep. because he would have been a hell of a pickup. And then oh, yes. lastly, Alex Steen is on the books for 5.7 mil just for one more year. That would be a perfect – um a uh, perfect third lead. line. I, I don't even know if he played much this year. And if he did, he did not fare all that well. It would just be more of that, like, Mark Savard type move. He did play 55 games this year. So it would be more that, like, Mark Savard move where you get, like, a couple draft picks to take, all, take on bad money. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. He could, he could serve in that bottom six right side role. He would be, be all better in presence. So I, I think he would definitely play. But that would be a nice trade for the Devils to make just to gain some draft capital. So, um, go yeah, ahead. Give, give us a few players for the Lightning or one. Oh, start we're moving to the Tampa. Yeah, we're moving over to Tampa. Unless right. you have anything to add with Buffalo. No, for, I mean I you know, I, I
1: agree. Steen is he's thirty six. You know he's he's an assistant captain, so he would bring leadership. Uh, I could see the Devils bringing in Steen, and you know, like you said, in a package, maybe for some picks or something. But uh, and he would kind of fulfill that leadership bottom six role. But uh, obviously, we know Tampa is cap strapped, um, and they got. Uh, some big name RFAs they got to worry about too. I mean, they got Sorelli and they got Sergeyev, both uh, RFAs this off season. Um, there's no doubt they're probably gonna have to shed some cap. I'm like, I'm looking at their defensemen. They only got three guys on the books, I think, uh, for next season right now. They got Coburn, McDonough, and Hedman. So, yeah, not really um, any yeah. defensemen you could kind of target. Um, I mean, maybe you could try. Cernac. Just seeing, yeah, you know, like an offer for one of the RFA, see,
0: see if Tampa's willing to do something with it. out um, would be a great pickup. I don't think the Devils will be able to pry – Prior a guy like Serkach. No, would be I don't awesome think so. Either. Astronomical amount for um, Cernak. I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved, and that'd be a perfect uh, guy to fill in that bottom pairing right side. So,
1: yeah, Sernak <laughs> would be good. I know you've mentioned Alex Kalorn before for yep, the forward side of yep, things.
0: Yep. Um, Only making four and a half mil for the next three years, so that's a really cat friendly deal, and uh, he, he's really good defensively as well. So, and he's a, he's a goal scorer.
1: Doing, yeah, good and I mean, of- I doubt Tampa moves any of the the former triplet line.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you could kick
1: the know,
0: tires man. on a guy like Pilot or Johnson. Um, yeah, I. They, I definitely like a Tyler,
1: here, but. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I feel like Tyler Johnson's been in trade rumors for the past, like, three years. He's, he's still a really good player, but he's not as good as he used to be. The uh, mm-hmm. underlying numbers are not what a player of his payment his 5 mil for the next four years should be i mean he only had 31 points in 65 games this year so yeah. i don't know if this is someone i'd want the devils to take on because that cap hit could get ugly down the road yeah um, but two guys that i have definitely circled are alex Glorin and eric serenic um Sergeyev would be a nice little pipe dream but he would I don't think they're parting with him it cost a lot to pry away uh, last team I have here is the Maple Leafs only really one player I wrote down is Andres Johnson 25 uh, year old left wing he's on the books for three more years at three and a half million dollars maybe a solid bottom six guy with possible top six potential young kid, um, 25 years old. I think I just said that, mm-hmm. uh, 43 points in 73 games two years ago, only playing 13 minutes a night. So there's room to improve there. And really the only other player I, that caught my eye, uh, Triv- Travis McDermott, a uh, really young, twenty-three-year-old left-handed defenseman. He's a restricted free agent, so that's maybe a target the Devils could look into there. But besides that, I got nothing much going on with the Leafs. If there's anything you want to add there,
1: no, I agree. I mean, I think Yanson uh, had been mentioned in trade rumors before. Um, we know that Toronto's biggest thing that they're trying to address is their blue line. So Addressing any kind of need for the Devils from there is almost a long shot. Um, And I think, you know, with these RFAs, it's going to be interesting um, with regards to the salary cap and this internal cap that we basically most teams have now because of the pandemic and everything. Um, I feel like RFA situations this offseason are going to be a lot more interesting than they were in the past. Uh, I think there's a couple reasons for that. So, yeah, the whole the whole is going to be real, real. Uh, I mean, we might see guys hit the market that normally wouldn't. All
0: right, I don't think they're going to. You think they're going to non tender them? I I think there's a chance that if you're worried about an internal cap, it's going to squeeze you on some of these RFAs. I think at least they would trade them. I don't think they would just yeah. flat out non tender them. Because yeah. You're it's gonna be a ton of fun. And the Devils picked the yeah. right off season to have a ton of assets to take advantage of. And we really just hope Tom Fitzgerald handles it right. I trust him. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun this offseason. Um I, I wanna see a team I root for finally yeah. do well. <laughs> and I mean the other thing is the NHL finally changed this stupid rule where they've
1: basically allowed like legal tampering for free agents. Like that's no longer a thing. Teams can't talk to players like ten days before a free agency starts and then you 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 know, all of a sudden, free agency day really doesn't matter because we already know about basically every contract before, you know, it it technically starts. So free agency should be a lot of fun to watch
0: this year. Hopefully, hopefully um, a lot of fun stuff coming, coming up first week of October. I mean, it's going to be absolutely nuts or later yes. in the first week of October. I think it's like the third, fourth, fifth area, I think, maybe. Um, it's just going to be you got the draft, got free agency, see all kinds of pocky stuff. So expect a lot of content from us. Um, keep tuned to our website. We got a lot of, uh, in our social media pages, we got a ton of free agent profiles coming out this week. Uh, Brendan Dillon's coming out, we got an Eric Holland profile coming out. Mm -hmm. A Mike Hoffman profile coming out and there's another one in the works a different guy, and we also have some original content, a fun little article that Anthony wrote on the whole Jack Eichel rumor. Bleacher Report wrote a blasphemous article <laughs> on what it would take the Devils to trade for Jack Eichel. The package involved, like, Nolan Foote, Nico Heischer, and a first-round pick for Jack Eichel. Oh my um, gosh. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was just funny to read, so I believe we have an article coming out pertaining to that as well. But besides that, like I said, another short that episode for y'all we're gonna really start ramping up here soon so chris if you have anything else to add let's
1: go devil baby uh keep paying attention we're gonna have a lot more stuff coming out soon off season's coming up
0: quick yes sir um everyone stay safe out there and i hope your football sunday went a lot better than chris's nice yeah sad giants
1: Uh, sad
0: sad